The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. Welcome to The Wind Was a Beginning, where we talk about Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. This is Season 2, Episode 18. It was gritty. It was dark. I loved it. Hello, everyone. Glad that you could join us this week for a new episode of The Wind Was a Beginning. My name is Justin, one of your hosts, and of course, uh, we couldn't do an episode without my good buddy, Stephen. Stephen, say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. All right. Well, we, uh, we're we here. Uh, it's we, we made it to the end of another book. Uh, we're at the end of another season and ready to review uh, the Great Hunt, just like we did last season. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it seems like to me, at least, it feels like it flew by. Uh, we made through made it through this book quick, in my opinion. It it, it uh, does feel that way. You know, I was looking back through my calendar. It's been like four or five months. <laughs> yeah, that we've been doing this for this season, but. Uh, you know, <laughs> here we are. So, yeah, um, I guess it, it just speaks to the quality of the material, <laughs> man. If, if you, you that's for sure. That's uh, this has been this has been fun. And even again, even though I'm, you know, at least with this book, I'm reading it, I think, for the third time now. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm as I've said before. I don't remember anything, so in some parts it's like I'm reading it anew, and uh, I'm j- I'm just enjoying it anyway. So I'm looking forward to uh, wrapping this up uh, tonight or this week and diving into. Uh, well, next week we'll do a Q and A, and then uh, not long after that we'll be diving into the next book. So, how are you doing this week? <laughs> you know, I am I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah. You know, it is uh, moving into autumn finally, little by little. Yeah. Uh, you know, summer is still holding on with a death grip, but uh, it's slowly but surely switching over. Um, my wife has started decorating for fall, even though we're still getting 80 degrees outside. Hey, and- that's that, that that's <laughs> that voodoo. You have to you have to decorate. To, in to, order for the temperature to, to change. To entice fall to come in. <laughs> That's how it works. You have to decorate. You have to start drinking your pumpkin spice lattes, burning your we fall did get scented, our, We did get our first candles. pumpkin spice drink from our local coffee shop the other day. Yeah, see? See? Uh, you, you've got to do that kind of thing to, to, yep. to entice the cooler temperatures to come in. Uh, I'm excited um as of the day of this recording i'm excited because we're recording this episode but did you see the announcement from nintendo today the uh finally after years of waiting we're finally getting the sequel to uh legend of zelda breath of the wild 
Oh, they, they I have released not. they released a teaser trailer today with a release date May of 2023. So we're gonna have to f- finish season three before then. Okay, well that because, gives me some time to actually play Breath of the Wild first. <laughs> so that's great. I was gonna say because because once that game comes out, I'm not gonna be good for anything for at least a couple of weeks. So <laughs> we'll have uh, to take a hiatus. I know the hiatus. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, which is funny because I I never. I never really, I mean, I played some of those games. I never finished one until Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. Uh, so that was my first one to finish. Finish. I, I intend to go back and play some of the other ones when I have the time. I don't think I ever will, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think uh, I, I have finished the two for the 64, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Yeah. And I have almost finished Wind Waker back in the day. Okay. Uh, but I, I haven't played any of the more recent stuff. Oh man! Well, you got you got to give Breath of the Wild a go. Uh, it was... Everybody tells me that. I'm just trying to find a, a a copy for a good price, and I guess that says how good the game is. That this far in, it's still almost sticker price. Still, yeah, I think it's I think it's still one of the most popular games that that they have, and uh, I still haven't finished it on Master Mode. I need to do that, I guess, before May. <laughs> um, but I finished it once. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. We're not here to talk about Zelda, though. Uh, no. As as epic as that is, we're about here to talk about something that is also epic, and that is reviewing the entirety of The Great Hunt. So, listeners, if you have not read the book, I don't know what to tell you, because um, if you haven't been reading with us up till now, I don't expect you to start to start reading during the review, so... Um, Hey, but just come along for the ride. <laughs> if you haven't read it yet, here's what you do. Grab your book in whatever format you want to have it. Audio, Kindle, paperback, hardback, don't matter. You get it, you start reading, and you go back and join us in at episode one of season two and just follow along with us. We'll be there and you can catch back up to us in no time. And that's the great thing about podcast is that the uh, the episodes will still be there. Yep, you can go back and listen to them. And if you if you haven't been there from beginning of season one, go back to season one because uh, yep. you you should really read the first book before you start the second one. <laughs> Definitely. Usually, that's the way that it works. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend anybody, especially in this series, just jumping in on a random book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I can actually, almost get away with it in some series, but definitely not this one. Yeah, when I was in high school, I actually had. Um, it was the first time I was trying to read the series, and I forget exactly where I was, but uh, as far as in the series, but uh, I was at work, and it was really slow. I was working in an ice cream parlor, and it was really slow. So my coworker, we were, you know, I had the book that I was reading. My coworker didn't have anything, so I had finished one earlier that day, and had it with me in my backpack from school. So I handed it to her. It was not the first book. And uh, she had no idea what was going on. So uh, <laughs> you should really yeah, start at the beginning. Um, as uh, as as uh, Julie Andrews once said, that's a very good place to start. Um, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> you know, I've always found it weird. I know that there are some people out there. Uh, I've actually met these people, so they do exist, that read books backwards. Have you ever heard of this? Um. No, and if I did, I might run the other direction. <laughs> yeah, I, I have heard of people. There are some people out there. I've met one guy once who he started his, any book he started, he would read 
the last five chapters first and then go back to the beginning of the book and read it the way through. That's <laughs> frightening. Yeah. I don't understand how that works and how that doesn't ruin <laughs> your experience, but yeah. Um, I guess you don't have to worry about spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. You just read the rest of the book like it's a giant flashback. I suppose. No, but that is not what we recommend. <laughs> no, we recommend going to the beginning, starting with the prologue, and starting then with the reading. wind. What? <laughs> starting with the wind. There you go. Starting with the wind <laughs> and uh, reading through like a normal human being. Listen, if you if you want to read your books, however you want to read them enjoy them but yeah that's just a little weird to us to uh yeah. start at the end so justin what is your overall impression of book two here okay um it, it i've been thinking about this and i think my overall impression is going to tie in a little bit to um what i'm going to say later with favorite characters but this is very much like the quest story. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're on a mission looking for an artifact. And in many ways that encompasses the whole story. I mean, yeah, there are, you know, other details intertwined throughout, but what's, what's the goal? What's Rand's goal throughout this whole book? Well, once everything goes down in Faldara, it's to find the horn, find the dagger, Eventually, it's to find Padden Fane, right? It, it the whole thing yeah. is is the, the the quest mission, right? You know, <laughs> we were talking about video games. There, there are always those missions where you have to go and find something. Yeah, and that's what this is. Yeah, this uh, second book is almost like a giant D and D campaign. <laughs> it, well, I, I, yeah, I, it really is because it's yeah, it's one you know, it's one scenario after another, one monster after another, enemy, you know, things like that. But it was. It was a fun experience. Got to see a lot of a good bit of the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, more more so than we did in in book one, I think. Yeah, book one, we're pretty much in Andor up until the very end. Right. Um, um in this so, one and, we, we spent some time in Faldara. Uh we spend some time in Tarvalin, in Kyrian. Um take a brief stop in Ilion, right, with uh, Bail Doman, or was he in Tyr? He he was somewhere well, he, down south. He, he was in Ilion, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. And then, yep. you know, all the stuff happening on Toman Head um, towards the end, particularly in Falma. So yeah. there's still a lot of the world we haven't seen. Yeah. But uh, uh, we did get more in this book than than we did in the previous one. What about you? Uh, who have read this like a dozen times. <laughs> what are your um, overall impressions <laughs> of so, The Great Hunt? I think it does a great job at being the second book in a series. Because um, it, it does a great job of picking up where the first one lifts off. Yeah. And then building on it. Uh, growing naturally, the characters progress. They grow and change as things go. We're introduced to more of the world. I think it does a great job at what it is. Um, it is by no means my favorite of the books. Um, I do enjoy it. Um, there's just some others that I uh, I hold a lot higher up. If I had to rank them all, 
sure. this one would probably be in probably about seventh for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, but it's not so for any fault of the book. You, it's just that others. Yeah, I was gonna say there's some that you like less, some that you like more. This one's kind of right yeah. in the middle for you, then. Yeah. So, okay. which is good for for what it is. You know, it is a smaller book. It yeah. is. Uh, there's a lot more action in this one than there is in the first book. You know. Uh, yeah, uh, that's for at sure. Least, at least from my perspective of things, because stuff just keeps popping off. Like we don't get along. We don't have this a uh, scram. You know that long stint of everybody trying to get to uh came one like we did in the first book that kind of stretches on there everything yeah. in this book it's like pretty much from one thing to the next thing to the next thing like the longest pause is probably in kyrian and that doesn't even last all that long uh right so it's a, right. it's a lot more fast paced i guess is the way yeah. uh even though it actually covers quite a bit of time several several months yeah, um, several months. And of course, season. some of that was, some of that was handled very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Well, for for some characters. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I had a thought, and then it left me. There, there's still a good bit of world building going on. Like yes. Introducing us to the world because uh, we meet the Aiel for the first time. Yep. We actually meet you know multiple Aes Sedai we we get to go to the White Tower we kind of see you know what that dynamic is like yeah um we get to go to an Ogier steading oh yeah so there's a lot so, so we, of ex of interesting things that get brought into this book the world gets a lot yeah. bigger so so in addition to like the you know the you know, the, the countries that we visit and things like that in the cities, we still get an even bigger picture of the world. Yeah. Uh, Not to mention the fact that, well. you know, we get entire new cultures and we get to see it from this perspective in, in a lot of ways as the same way as the people in the book, because partway through we're introduced to the Sean Chan. Yeah. You know, this entire new thing who, so as, it's basically we are learning about this culture alongside the characters. That's true. Which is kind that's of true. fun. Uh, they don't have any more background in it than we do. Uh, so that's kind of a neat aspect there. Uh, you know, and, and other things expand too. We learn more about the white cloaks and yeah. how they function. Uh, you know, we only saw them basically as town bullies in the first book. Uh, yeah, that that's true. And we do get a... A, a bigger picture of them um, yeah. in this book. I'll have more to say on that a little bit later. Um, let, let's let's talk about let's talk about some favorite moments. I'm gonna okay. let you go first on this one. What what are some of your favorite moments from oh. this book? And don't steal mine. <laughs> um, there's a couple. Not all of them necessarily will make sense. <laughs> so I have to be careful here. Um, I. I'm a big fan of everything that connects with the portal stones. Okay. Uh, flicker, flicker, the multiverse aspect of it, the time travel that happens. Uh, I love that, like getting into the little bit more sci-fi aspect of these fantasy books. Okay. Uh, 
and the effect that it has on the characters when we we do travel to Falma using the Portal Stone and they see all these lives that could have been. Okay. Uh, you know, and some of that I think we'll see still having effects even further into things. But I think it's that to me is a really impactful moment. Um, I also think the interactions, another one of my big favorites is uh, after Rand and Huron and Loyal disappear, Mm -hmm. uh, Perrin kind of stepping into his own and taking, taking up responsibility. Yeah. And uh, that to me is a big deal. Um, and let's see, I guess the other, I mean, the, the obvious one would also, would always be, you know, oh, the horn of Valir and the heroes of the horn, you know, <laughs> obviously that's yeah. a pretty oh, awesome yeah, for sure. event. Uh, you know, that's that always going to be epic. cool. No matter how many times you read it, it's always fun. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but what about you? Do you, I didn't steal any of yours. No, actually, you didn't. I have I have two that uh, I had been thinking about, and I mean, I love the scenes that that you mentioned as well. Um, I had not really, I kind of forgotten about uh, Perrin stepping up the way that he did when Rand and the others disappeared, and you know, Perrin is at least as far as I've read one of my favorite characters in the series. Yeah. So seeing him step up like that. Um, is is really cool. So I'm glad you reminded me of that. But the two that I had in mind, the first one was uh, that moment with Tom um, after he returned from Balthanus Manor and finds Dina murdered. Right. And the way he takes out those two, uh, the, those two thugs. Yeah. You know, it's, it's gritty. It's dark. I kind of like it. <laughs> um, but it was just, you know, it was a side of Tom we haven't seen before, you know, and it just, yeah, it, it completely changes the way you look at that character because, you know, we've thought, I mean, we, we've known he's, you know, not just a simple storyteller, Gleeman, bard type character. And then, of course, you brought up the idea that, you know, maybe there was more to his backstory than we know um, yeah. already. So I really like that. And then, of course, I, I I would hate myself if I did not mention the last interaction between Rand and uh, Ingtar. Uh, we talked about that, you know, just a week or two ago. And I mean, it, it was so it was touching. I, yeah. I, I think I told you that. When I read that, and even now I'm getting kind of chills, you know, just thinking about that scene. It was just so special. Yeah. Um, and, it, I mean, it had a lasting impact. So those would be two that um, that I would go with. Obviously, you know, you mentioned the that epic scene towards the end with the, the heroes of the horn. That was really special. But, uh, yeah, I think I think it would be those that would be on top of my list. Yeah, I think especially you mentioned the the scene with Ingtar. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it really brings. It's really the first time we see a certain theme in this series, and it's something 
that's going to become more and more prevalent as we go. It's the theme of redemption. Um, I'm here for it. (laughs) I think that's the first real evidence we get of that. And especially as it ties to Rand as a character, like his philosophy and his views on things. I think a lot of that is uh, a lot of the core of Rand's character is shaped in this book, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of things that happen to him here that I think will have lasting impact. And I think that, that scene with Ingtar is one of those that is going to uh, stick with him and yeah. maybe, you know, and have a real, I think that scene with Ingtar is not something to discount. I think it really is going to have a lasting impact on the story in a way that can be easily overlooked sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know me, I forget everything, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be forgetting that scene this time because it, it just, it had yeah. such an impact on me. Um, yeah. and, and I will say this, it hits me a lot harder now than it did when I read it as a kid. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, for sure. Like, when I was a kid reading, like, cause the first time I read this, I was 13. Yeah. I we think. were, we were in middle school, high school. Yeah. And so it, you know, it barely even registered on me yeah. back then. What yeah. was happening? Like, I just was like, Oh, the bad guy. Okay. So, you know, reading it as an adult, it has so much more depth. Absolutely. Uh, As as I have more life experience, you know, it it, it means a lot more. His arguments make a lot more sense. It's not black and white. It's, you know, it's... Yeah, that's the other thing about it. It wasn't just Ingtar was a dark friend and decided to come back to the light. Ingtar had good reasons for what he did. Uh, yeah, doesn't make it right. <laughs> yeah, but but you can, but you can kind of see why he did it. But that that makes it that makes it that that moment all the stronger. Oh yeah, you know? because and and Jordan is great at this. His villains, especially, are not one dimensional. At right. least most of them, anyways. There are. Don't get me wrong. We'll meet some <laughs> one dimensional. You know, snidely whipwash, twirl your mustache villains at some point. Yeah. But for the most part, his villains have pathos mm-hmm. and they have reasons for why they do the things they do. They're not just evil for the sake of evil. <laughs> you know, most of them, some of them even are are good people who just decided that that was the way to go. Like to side with the dark was the, the play that they needed to make for them and their family. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It, there's a lot of depth there that we're just kind of touching the surface of here with Ingtar. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into that as we go forward. Um, but, you know, since we're talking, you know, we're talking more character driven stuff now. Let, let's move on to some some favorite characters, I guess, up to this point in, in the series. So so I guess we're taking both of the first two books into account. What do you what do you have on? What what would you say to that? So so much of my perspective on my favorite characters is shaped because I know how things end. Right. Um, so for me, I'm going to 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 tell you who my favorite two characters are here. Okay. And I, I'll try and separate it from anything further on in the series. I know that that's uh, hard to do. Yeah, because I definitely have standout favorites that are active in this book, um, but. Yeah. Uh, so 
my number one favorite, um, and he is introduced in this book, and people will probably scratch their heads when they hear this, but I am a really big fan of Huron, okay. our sniffer. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but I just, I really like him. That's he okay. is a genuine person, uh, you know, and he is loyal and he's good. Mm-hmm. In a, in a way that like uh, reminds me kind of our innkeeper from book one, uh, you know he's a good person yeah. who who wants to do what is right, and he's also loyal and trusting, almost to a fault. Yeah, you got that uh, right. Uh, so I just I love Huron. He's great. Okay. Um, so other than him, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Rand right now. Um, I don't have anything against him. He's just not my favorite in this book. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has his moments like with Ingtar and things like that, but there's a lot of angst with Rand in this book that is not my cup of tea. <laughs> well, it, he, uh, he spends a great deal of the book pretty much denying who he is. Yeah. And, and I can't just, blame him. I can't blame him yeah. for that. Yeah. But it, it does. No, it's definitely stuff that needs to happen. Yeah. And it's, you know, but at the same time, it's also like <laughs> not what I want to, in my character. Yeah. I know it needs to happen for him. So you got to go through uh, that growth. Yeah. I don't know. I think outside of Huron, I think Nynaeve would probably be my next favorite. Yeah. Um, she really gets to shine more in this book. She's almost, uh, almost a background character in a lot of the first book. Right, um, right, and she really gets to kind of shine more. Especially, we see her in the testing mm-hmm. to become an accepted, and then everything that has to happen at the end of the book with her, you know, that wouldn't have worked. None of what happened at the end would have worked if she wasn't there. Like, right, it it would have all shaped very differently. Yeah. Uh, so I think she's probably her and Huron are probably my stars for the Great Hunt. Okay. All right. What about you? Uh, Jeff from Bornhold. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, al- although he is, you know, tolerable for a white cloak. No, that's not my answer. Um, you know, I-, I was thinking about this and I was having trouble with it because, you know, this book, with a few exceptions, is very Rand centric. It is. Like, I-, I would say a majority of the time through this book is spent with Rand, with him kind of in the lead. I mean, we do have those other characters like Huron. We get a lot from him and uh, others, but so much of the focus is on Rand. And I'm with you. I don't really particularly like Rand all that much in this book Yeah, for some of the same reasons. Which so, is... So that makes it kind of hard because there's there's not as much development of other characters. Can we take a moment to realize just what kind of a gamble Robert Jordan was taking by making his main protagonist this unlikable in the second book? <laughs> right. J.K. Uh, Rowling waited at least until book five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, book five. Ugh. Uh, um, I'm a Harry Potter fan, too, but that that book. Mm. Oh, Harry was awful in that book. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're not this isn't a Harry Potter podcast, Um. but. <laughs> I will. I want to agree with you 
um, on Nynaeve, okay. particularly because of her growth in in this book. Uh, and we especially yeah. saw that in the last few chapters where she becomes a leader. Yeah. Right. And in, 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 in the past, she was. I think she was trying to be a leader as the wisdom, uh, trying to, you know, thinking she knew what was right for the, the Emmonsfield kids, yeah. young people, whatever. Um, but here she really comes into her own. Yeah. With that. So I like Nynaeve for that reason. And I'm going to throw Bale Doman out there. Oh, um, good old Baldoman. Yeah, uh, we don't get a lot with him in in this book, but uh, every time we've encountered him, this book and the previous one, um, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, he's been helpful. He was. Well, I mean, you look at how long he waited at the docks in Falma before finally taking off. You know, when everything was was popping off there at the end, you know, his, he, yeah. he seems to have a sense of loyalty and, which uh, is interesting considering he is literally the pirate <laughs> in the story. <laughs> hey, if, if, you know, if you ever, you know, really dive into, you know, the golden age of piracy, there was a, you know, they were loyal to their own. Yeah. <laughs> so in not, not all the time, but in many cases that, that there was a, a strict, uh, a strict honor code and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, so don't 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 knock the pirate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, um, I think he, he there. I I am a fan of Baldoman. He's yeah. he's a fun character and it's always interesting to see where he's going to pop up. Yeah. Uh, so I I guess what would be my hope character wise for the next book is that maybe we get a little bit more growth from some of our other characters. Um, I, yeah. I would like to see how things play out with Perrin, um, as well as uh, the, uh, I guess, our two novices, Egwene and Elaine, how, how their training continues. Yeah, I guess my hope, uh, and obviously mine's slightly tinted, <laughs> I don't know, I guess I can't really give a perspective here without giving away stuff, Yeah. so I probably shouldn't, uh, but I too am also very excited moving forward to get growth on various different characters. Right. Right. I mean, there's this is already, we have so many characters in this story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, uh, yeah. And we ain't no, we, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's transition a little bit and let's, uh, let's look at some book covers okay. from, from the great hunt. Uh, I've got five. And I've got them linked on our doc, and I think we'll be able to maybe put links to them in the show notes so that the the listeners yeah, can, be can check them out. Yeah. Um, so let's just start off with the original. Uh, when the book was originally published, the the artwork and that uh, that came with that. But yeah, you got it right there. Um, I don't yeah. have that copy anymore. Um, I've got the uh, the mass market paperback, which. Looks cool, but it's yeah. kind of boring. Uh, <laughs> um, yep. So the original uh, artwork, um, I'm guessing that's supposed to be Rand standing there holding up the horn of Valir with 
Celine looking on um, in awe. Yeah. I don't know if she's looking at the horn or at Rand, but she's looking at something and is uh, very happy with what she sees or very curious about what she sees. Yeah. And then we got Loyal. Uh, he's got a book in his arm because we wouldn't expect anything less from Loyal, right? Right. And uh, looking kind of stern. Yeah, he's also looking rather tiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's almost on par with Celine in size, which right. I love the first covers because they were my introduction, so I have a lot of uh, nostalgia sure. attached to them. Yeah. But uh, this one especially, uh, and book two here, uh, no offense to the original artist. I think he was a good artist. <laughs> Oh, I mean, and, you know, it's it's great artwork. Yeah, it just there, there's so many elements of it that uh, don't exactly fit. No, like these uh, these characters that are surrounding them, who I assume are supposed to be Trollocs. Yeah, but they uh, are. they're they're very humanoid. I know Trollocs are humanoid to a degree, but. Yeah. I think in this, the uh, the helmets gave the idea of their animalistic nature, but their faces are very much human. Yeah, and their hands are he- like their bodies look human. Yeah, and their their armor looks way too nice too. Right, <laughs> like right. Uh, everything about them just looks a little too sanitary and a little too human. <laughs> uh, and their size is all wrong. Right, they're Again. supposed to be, you uh-huh. know. They're supposed to be, what, as big as loyal. Yeah. Um, well, in this case, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in uh, this case, loyal is barely as tall as Rand. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, the, the proportion and the scale is off. Also, the style of clothing is not quite right either. Um, and I honestly think this is part of what confuses some people. Um the clothing choices that he uses here tends to evoke that more medieval, high fantasy kind of look, yeah. uh, which is not the setting of the this world. Uh, this world is set in more of a renaissance period, um, so the clothing is not right. Okay. And I think I blame the covers here, and especially in the first several books, yeah. for being somewhat misleading – um, yeah. Because they they look like traditional fantasy, right? That, that's what you, that's what you expect with high fantasy. Yeah, is, is a medieval setting. Yeah, and um, yeah, I would have never picked up on that had you not pointed it out. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful a, piece of artwork. We, yeah. we don't want to take that away. There's just you know, and, and again, there's the nostalgia of it because it is the original. Yeah, um, but there are many things that uh, don't quite fit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's move on to the ebook cover. Um, and it's basically the same scene that we have in the original, just in many ways much more accurate. Yeah, the Trollocs are in the foreground, and they definitely look more accurate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they they're the more beast like. Um, yeah. as you pointed out, dirtier. Um, yeah. They look more intimidating. Um, Loyal looks like he's more to the size he should be. 
Yeah, especially if you look at his arm. Yeah. Like, the size of that arm indicates that he's... And, you know, you've got... The rock Rand is standing on is obviously a pretty good little chunk of rock, and it only comes to, like, the bottom of Will's ribcage. Right, right. So, yeah, I think he's actually more to scale here, um, so, which is nice. So this uh, one definitely... The face is not quite right, but it's closer. Yeah, so this one definitely did a little bit better, I think. Yeah, uh, um, and it also did better with the clothing, in my opinion. I, like, I was about to I was about to ask uh, you about the clothing. <laughs> yeah, it looks more appropriate for the time period that it's actually supposed to be. Okay. The armor on the Trollocs looks more like you would imagine something that was wrought by these bestial things yeah, yeah. to be wearing. It it's just all it's it's a lot more appropriate. And and we get right there at the very you know front of the image, we get a little bit of a a glimpse of a trollic weapon yep. and that thing just looks nasty. It does. I'm not, I'm not talking dirty. I'm talking like scary. Yeah. yeah. I would not. I mean, trollocs are scary enough. He comes at me swinging that thing. That's I'm, yeah. I'm gone. <laughs> like it's all jagged and it looks like a piece of scrap metal has been twisted into a sword. Yeah. Like it's it, just jagged. Like just looking at it, it's going to give you tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, let's, uh, let's move on to the third one, which from what I was able to glean from looking up, looking it up online, this is a, a British cover. Okay. And, um, I don't know. There's so, I have so many questions here. I'm assuming this, this lady in white is Celine. Yeah. And then moving right to left, um, well, let Moving right to left, the the third person in line because of the ears, I'm assuming is supposed to be loyal, right? Which would make the guy, which I guess would make the guy in the middle Rand. Yeah. And until this moment, I was wondering who this fourth guy was, <laughs> but I'm guessing yeah. it has to be Huron. Yeah, but uh, I think they make him considerably older looking than he should be. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's not young. He's not as young by any means as like the boys are, but he's not, you know, that looks like he's ready to be somebody's grandfather. <laughs> I was, I was fully prepared to ask who in the world is that fourth guy. And I guess I was influenced by the other two covers because there's only three of them on the other two. Yeah. Uh, so this one gets that one right. There were four people in that party. Yeah. Um, this back cover, this back part of the cover. Yeah. It, I don't know this, 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 is it a structure? Is it supposed to be a creature? Oh, that I can tell you what it's supposed to be. That's supposed to be a Grom. I was a Grom thinking that. Yeah. But honestly, from my angle, it looks like a, uh, you know, a, a bad take on the cave of wonders from Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he is drastically out of scale like he is yeah, way too big he's, like and he's, he's that far away and he's huge <laughs> yeah you know he's like literally in scale with some of these like mountains yeah like it is bizarrely huge uh and you know it's missing you know it's supposed to have a third eye it doesn't have that yeah we only see we only see well we only see one eye yeah. we assume there's one on the other side yeah, and it, it's a little too frog-like. Like, the Grom are frog-like, 
but they also have almost they have like powerful front legs and right. things like that too. So they're not just frogs with a third eye and a beak. Right. You know. So there's it's a very poor attempt at a grown. <laughs> Again, you know, the the artwork is is very nice. It's very well done. But as far as capturing certain elements of the story, that part of it definitely um yeah. could have been done a little bit better. Uh as far as the rest of it though, I, I guess it's I guess it's okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's something. It it's passable. Yeah. Um all right, let's move on. Now, we didn't do this last time because we had so many others to deal with, but um, some of the listeners may be aware that uh, certain certain books were divided into into multiple parts. Right, for younger readers. Yeah. Now, that wasn't done with the whole series. That was just done with a few books, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. I know it was done with The Eye of the World, and it's also here with The Great Hunt. So we have part one, The Hunt Begins, and I'm, you know, I I can't, obviously, this is a very recognizable scene from the book. It's when they first, around the time they first meet Celine, and Rand is shooting, you know, shooting at the Grom, which that uh, creature (laughs) doesn't quite look, it looks more cat-like. Yeah. Um but that's you know I'm I'm willing to 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 overlook that to an extent but um so overall there's so I love I think this is actually a a really nice interpretation of Rand and his clothing the sword I love the detail on all that and yeah. it works like it it fits for what it should be uh Now I will say this I think it's absolutely hilarious how they depict Celine. I mean, she looks like she's straight out of a Harlequin romance novel. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's honestly it's kind of hilarious. Uh, yeah. But I think the detail work on Rand, I think that's a pretty good. Obviously, honestly, I think that uh, so far is probably the best detailed version of Rand I've seen. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this covers. was this was done really well. Yeah. Which this come out came out well after the books were originally written, so I, I know one of the issues we talked about um, previously with the original covers is obviously they were made. Yeah, well, I think you said that the the artists were giving information, but they they worked yeah. with what they had. Yep. Um, this obviously is someone who knew the knew the story well, and you know, barring some artistic choices that we may question overall it's really good yeah um and and you know also kind of like you know in the the sky the the kind of multicolored i I know that really wasn't there but i guess it gives you the impression that we're not in like the normal world yeah because this was in the mirror world so uh that that may be a, a little bit of license there but i think it portrays what it's meant to portray uh last one yeah which is part two of the divided the divided version uh new threads in the pattern and again this looks like it's a scene right out of the book i um you've got a suldam and damani there in the foreground 
Uh, yeah, I think that Dumani there is actually supposed to be Egwene. I, I was I was wondering that. I you know I I assumed as much because you've got um uh uh High Lady Suroth. Suroth, yes. I, I was look. I was trying to come up with her name, the one in the uh, palanquin behind yeah. them, and uh, there's a soldier over here on the right. Doesn't quite look like how a yeah. Shan Chan soldier is described. No, the armor itself is not horribly off, but the helmet is all wrong. Yeah, the helmets are supposed to be, like, insect-like. Yeah. And uh, that's definitely not the case there. But, yeah, my, my opinion is is this is Rena and Egwene in yeah. the foreground, and it looks like Egwene has already been collared, so... Yep. um, And is that lightning spreading through the... Yeah, so I think this is literally probably supposed to be the scene where Egwene is captured. Yeah. And Nynaeve is causing all the lightning and they're running. I think that's literally what this is supposed to be. So. Um, So, yeah. Again. It's an interesting interpretation of the the Suldam dress. Not one I would have ever imagined myself. So, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I'd imagine it with a little bit more of the, the lightning motif. Yeah. Um. Although it looks like maybe there on the side there's a little bit of it, but it's hard to see. It's kind of in shadow. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think well done. So the, these last two, I think, were, were really good. Yeah. Um, all of them were, were good in their own right. Um, so they're all, you know, worth taking a look at. And uh, however you might be reading the series, uh, you know, those, those are there. for. So which one? which one do you like the best out of the five that we looked at? Um, I think honestly, the ebook version is probably my favorite this time around. Okay, I think I like that one too, just because it it, it does you know those last two are are really accurate, but that one, you know it um it uh, what's the word I'm looking for it it channels, no pun intended, <laughs> it channels the feeling of the original. Yeah, but it's more accurate. Yeah, that's that's so. it because. The scene from the original is not in the book. Like that that yeah. obviously is not a scene that happens. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but that ebook one is like that's it's basically a reimagining of the original cover. Yeah. Just with more detail and more accuracy, which I think is great. And that's yeah. just that's great to me. Yeah. So, so that's book covers. Um mm-hmm. which I enjoy looking at. Those are a lot of fun. Um, they are. Uh, and no no, no duck heads this time. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were some interesting ones last time around. Yes, there were. So. All right. Um, I guess that brings us to uh, a topic we covered at, in the review last time as well. Um, but the visions of men. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a recurring segment in our review episodes to figure out how, you know, what visions, what new visions we might have and what visions might be, uh, might, might we might have gotten some answer to. Yeah, I think and, it definitely is. And I just had a thought. So I think next time, I think I want to also include prophecies. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, may, maybe, maybe at some point we can do a special episode and cover any prophecy we found up until this point. Ooh, I like um, that idea. Or, like or that maybe idea a lot. 
May, may, maybe at the end of season three, we'll have a yeah. special episode just yeah. for prophecy. Yeah, that that would be good because that's a good breaking point because originally that was supposed to be it. <laughs> yeah, that's right, folks. You are hearing us plan out the next season right here on the podcast. <laughs> And I'm oh, going to leave sorry, that in. Guys. <laughs> it just occurred to uh, me, that, and I couldn't help hey, but say it. That gives you that gives the listeners something to look forward to for next season. Yes, it does. Um, but let's talk about about visions from men. I want to yep. start with one that um, that we had last last book, and it's what she saw when she looked at the whole group together there in Barillon. And we have it written down, described as sparks swirling around them, thousands of them, and a big shadow darker than midnight. And also that the sparks are trying to fill the shadow and the shadow is trying to swallow the sparks. Obviously, it seems to me anyway that one thing that is being uh, hinted at here is the connection between all of these, these players. And we see many ways how that connection plays out in, in this book, especially towards the end. Yep. Um, we we kind of see that. But at the same time, the, the what the shadow is doing in that vision, I think we see that play out too, because the shadow pretty much tried to take, you know, at least Egwene and Nynaeve off the board. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this, this little section, especially, um, so the sparks swirling around them, thousands of them, I think each of those sparks we could equate to a thread in the pattern, a person, a life. So what men is seeing here is not just our main characters here. So they are the okay. group. They are the ones that the sparks are swirling around. What we're also seeing is the fact that in order to take on the shadow – it's not going to be just one person. It's not even going to just be our main group. It's going to require thousands of individuals working in t- together to overcome. Okay. It's it's a mass it's a massive thing and it also shows the full scale of the shadow in that it can it its goal is to snuff all of that out. Yeah. So Okay, I, I like I like that take on it. Um <laughs> A little, yeah. little bit different than what I was seeing, but you you know more about it than I do. So, but I, I like well, I, I like I just, where you're going with it. I just key in on that fact there with, when it talks about the thousands of them swirling around them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, 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 now, I'm definitely not disputing you at all. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I do definitely think that it is all it is about the connection between our main characters and the pulling yeah. of the Taviran nature here, yeah. uh, and the fact that. If if any one piece is pulled away, it could be devastating for the others. Uh, they are connected in this way. Uh, like yeah. you talked about at the end of the book, uh, we really see that the shadow is really trying hard to get rid of two of those pieces, uh, two that were in very important to Rand at least, uh, and by extension uh, because of who he is to the rest of the world in, in general. Um um, so, so um, don't really get any development on Perrin, uh, at least the things that uh, men saw about him in the first book. And I don't think Perrin and men meet in this book. 
at least that we that we see. I, I assume maybe at some point while they were in the camp at the end. Yeah, um, I guess they were there, but we don't really get any interaction between the two of them. Um, yeah. Same thing with Matt. Nothing new, but we do get um, one of those visions from previously answered. Uh, the yeah. first time that men met Matt and, you know, had a, a viewing of Matt, she saw a horn. Yeah. And seems to be the case. We know what that horn is now. <laughs> yeah. Because Matt blew the horn of Valir. Yep. And that means he's tied to it now, right? Correct. So tied it, till death. Yeah, for, for everybody but Matt, the horn is just a horn. So it's not it's not just one of those things that he's gonna blow it once and that's it. He's uh he's tied to it. So Yeah. Um so we get that about Matt. Let, let's I guess let's dive into some stuff about Rand. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things for him. Yeah, most of this is still a mystery to us. One of them, and it's mentioned a couple of times, is this this whole thing with with three women. Yeah. Um, and I don't do I don't know that we get specific detail on exactly what that means, but men seems to think that she's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she would know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and there's I guess there's a little bit more of that. Um, well, we'll say more about that in a minute. So so we know that there's something with Rand and three women. Men appears to be one of them. The other thing was in that first meeting, she did say that she would meet Rand again. Yep. And they do. Yep. Uh, probably not the way men would have wanted it or the way that Rand would have wanted it, but they do meet again. <laughs> yeah. And, and thank goodness they do because I've, I, honestly, if she, she hadn't been there when she was, he probably would be dead. Yeah. He'd probably be dead. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we can't, we can't lose our main character this early. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, there is some interesting foreshadowing here with reference to the three women. Yeah. Uh, you know, and who the three are. Obviously, we, we think at least one of them is going to be men. So, uh, right. who are other two? The obvious choice for the one of the other ones would be Egwene, right? It would be the obvious choice, but mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe not. We might talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Egwene, though. Yeah. Uh, we get a couple of new uh, viewings around Egwene. First of all, it's mentioned uh, while they're in the tower before they take off with Leandrin that uh, both she and uh, Ni- or she, Elaine, and Nynaeve were all in some kind of danger, and that's really all that men said about it. Well... They were. <laughs> well, she did mention that the danger around them seemed stronger after they made the choice to go with Leandrin. Right. And of she course... She did mention that. Uh, of course, we, we, at least I think we know where the danger was coming from. Yep. Uh, it was it was why they were in the ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, that so. was curiously da- danger-free while they were in the ways, but I guess that's because the... Black Wind was chasing Rand wherever he went. Uh, the danger was from the Shan Chan. Yeah. Um, and poor Egwene got the got the brunt of it. Yeah. Um, you and know, you that's something also... that's something, you know, going back to character discussion. Uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out for Egwene. 
Yeah, uh, she's definitely going to have a lot of trauma to deal with. Absolutely. Uh, there's um, definitely you. I am not, and I'll go ahead and say this now. I am not a huge fan of Egwene. She's just <laughs> not my cup of tea. Yeah, but I feel genuinely sorry for what happens to her in this book. Like yeah. it is horrific. Um. So I hope for her sake things go better for her in the next book. Absolutely. <laughs> And I hope somehow she can, you know, it, it, I guess things like that, you don't ever get over them, No. but you, you, you just... learn, you, you learn how to live, uh, with that in your past. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll look out for that for Egwene. The other thing that, um, I guess we, we ought to mention is there was at least men said something about a connection that she had to some of the other characters and three of them I, I don't think should come as a surprise rand perrin and matt um, right you know but it's more than just the connection of they grew up together they're from the same village again this is something in the pattern some threads pulling at each other yeah that kind of thing the i guess surprising one is galad yeah, <laughs> not the one we not probably not the one we expected to. I mean, we we know he's hot. Uh, yeah. We've established that several times. <laughs> probably not the one we expected to be mentioned there. And I guess that part of the vision doesn't really get paid off. No. Uh, so so that one's kind of a partially answered, and maybe we still don't know everything about her connection to the others. Um. But we're still going to have to keep an eye on that one. You have anything to add to that? No, just okay. uh, we'll have to keep looking and keep watching for that. Yeah, uh, those connections I think are going to be something that will come back around. Okay, all right. Well, that brings us to Elaine, and I guess there's a couple of things to mention. Uh, we'll come back to the to the one on top, but there is the vision of the Rose Crown of Andor. Right. Which I believe men saw before she even knew who Elaine was. Yeah. So obviously it could be a connection to her being the daughter heir. Maybe it's a prediction that she will one day reign as queen. Yeah. Um, so we have to keep an eye on that. And then, of course, she also may be less obvious than Egwene, but she is also connected with Rand, Perrin, and Matt right. in some way. But the main one that... Um, I think it was worth mentioning mentioning is men told her that she would have to share her husband with two other women. Yep. Now I don't think we really get this answered per se, but somebody we've already talked about has some connection to three women in their future. Right. Um, one of them, we think we figured out. Have we got, have we got the other one here? Another one of the three? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's highly suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we obviously don't have any confirmation of that right now, uh, yeah. but uh, it, I think it is highly suspicious and definitely worth keeping an eye on. Right. And if uh, I'm remembering correctly, in that in, in then those closing scenes when Men was kind of reminiscing on that village that vision, she mentioned that the third hasn't even they haven't even met the third one yet. Right. So maybe we've got two of the three. Are, are all three of these women going to be married to Rand? How does that work? 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so interesting uh, thoughts there. And then last but not least is Nynaeve. Uh, this vision, uh, well, she had the same vision of danger that was around Egwene and Elaine we already talked about. And then the one that was answered as soon as we saw it, the heavy gold ring, which we know to be Lan's ring that he right. gave to Nynaeve. So that that was the easiest one of the bunch. Yeah, definitely that's the easiest one. I mean, it, it pretty much answers itself right there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we knew as soon as men saw what she saw, we knew what she was talking about even before she saw the ring. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, we did skip over two with Elaine. Um, okay. The severed hand and the red hot iron and an axe. Yeah. Uh, so... Don't have any answers on those right now, but I did want to bring them up because I do want people to make sure to remember those going forward. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and and only thing I guess we could say about the uh, the iron and the axe is they were they they somehow meant trouble. Yeah. But it was somewhere in the future. Yep. The question is how far in the future and what in the world do they mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean axe. Yep. An axe, I would think, the first thing I would think about would be Perrin, right? Right. Because he carries an axe, we know that. Uh, I think you brought this up when we talked about it earlier, that, you know, could be a headsman's axe or, or something be. like that. Um, who knows? Um, but thanks yep. for bringing those up. Anything else on men visions? Mm. I think we've covered all the ones that we get an answer to in this book. Yeah, I think think that pretty much sums it up. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Let's let's get into some final thoughts. Okay. I want to. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna uh, first of all come back to the point. No duck head sword in this chap in this book review. Right. Thankfully. <laughs> um. I do want to say. I still hate the white cloaks. And in their own way, they are the worst because of their, you know, they, they put themselves forward as the good guys, right? Right. But they do a lot of harm. But uh, as far as what they do, nobody holds a candle to the Sean Chan right. at this point. I still don't like white cloaks. I don't trust white cloaks, but um, in many ways, I I'll say it, the Sean Chan are the worst. Yeah, honestly, I'll take some of the dark friends we've met over the Sean Chan. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I would take white cloaks over the Sean Chan any day, I guess. Uh, I yeah. still don't like white cloaks, but... At least I, with I the would... white cloaks, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that is something that's known by most people that, yeah, they talk about the light and everything, but they don't really walk yeah. that path. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what about you? Anything? Uh, so do we think that Beelzeman is actually dead here? Probably not. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got this uh, repeating theme. Rand killed him in the last book and then he killed him again here. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll find maybe, out. <laughs> maybe he's got nine lives or something. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, there's it, the it, the book ends uh, kind of abruptly. And, you know, we have this big battle, this climactic scene, and then the book just kind of. Yeah, there's a couple of you know, like I guess you could say, you know, wrap up yeah. scenes, and that's it. Yep, it definitely. Uh, you and the readers now will never have to experience this, but and I didn't for this book specifically, <laughs> but the endings of some of these books can be while being epic and awesome could also drive you crazy when you had to wait years for the next one (laughs) because because they he does a great job at the end of every book you want to immediately pick up the next one (laughs) right he he, you know that's been my experience too and i'm i'm thankful that i'm at a point where you know i I didn't get as far as you did and i didn't have to wait (laughs) yeah um, and I'm not going to have, um, I'm, I'm going to have to wait a little bit because we take a little bit of a break between seasons, but, uh, I do, I'm, I'm ready to pick up book three and start reading, but, uh, we're going to take a bit of a break. Um, but you know, some of us are still waiting for the winds of winter <laughs> so, <laughs> and probably not ever going to get it. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so you kind of know. I kind of know what that feels like. I was, I was, I was part of, I was an original in the Harry Potter generation. Uh, The longest we waited between some of those books was three years, but yeah, um, there was still those moments where you just, you know, you you had to, uh, you you were ready for the next one. You wanted to find out what happened. I can tell you this when they did. So when I started reading them, I made it all the way – book nine came out while I was reading the beginning of the series. Yeah. And so I got to read all the way up to book nine without stopping. After that, I had to wait. Every time there was a a, a wait, I yeah. had to wait with them. I will tell you this. Every single one of the books that came out, I got it the day it came out, and I read it the day it came out. Wow. Uh, wow. I, did, I did not do – any, like I read every single one of these when they came out. I did not go anywhere. I did not do anything. <laughs> I sat at home. I ate the bare minimum I had to eat to keep myself alive. Slept maybe two or three hours for a couple days. Yeah. And just read every single time uh, until I'd finished each one because I was that engrossed in in the world. Yeah, that gets me excited for you know when we eventually get to some of those later books because. You know, you and I have talked about this. Um, we, you know, that I've read, I think up through book eight. Yeah. Um, I don't remember hardly any of it, but you know, I'm going to hold off on reading further until we get there, you know, through the podcast. So, uh, when we get to those points, I'm going to be doing this for the first time. So I'm excited about that. And hearing you say that gets me excited even more for, for reading those books. Yeah. And it's still a long way down the road. Cause we got to get several books to cover between now and then. Oh yeah. So, um, any, anything else from you? No, I think that's about it for me. I'm, I'm excited to have finished, uh, this one, uh, and just jump chopping at the bit to start on the next one. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that'll be coming soon enough. Um, yep. Got one more thing to do this season. 
before we get into that. But listeners, we're, we're so glad that you've joined us. You've been with us through this season. Uh, you've read, uh, Hopefully you've read this book with us, or you've just enjoyed listening to us talk about it, however you've done it. Thank you for being here. And we would encourage you to, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Of course, uh, find the new episodes on Tuesdays when they're released. Uh, we look forward to that day every week and hope that you do too. In between new episodes, chat with us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Wind Beginning. We're on Instagram, The Wind Was a Beginning. We're on Facebook and YouTube, The Wind Was a Beginning, a Wheel of Time podcast. You can email us, thewindwasabeginning at gmail.com. And all of those places uh, are ways that you can get in touch with us because next week we're going to be doing a Q&A. Although I guess by the time you hear this, it'll already be recorded. So uh, if you have any questions that we can add to next season, <laughs> yes, go ahead and give those to us. We don't care if they're book three related, as long as they're not beyond where we are in the story because we don't want to give spoilers. But if they're book one, two, by that time, book three related, go ahead and shoot those questions at us. Um, we'll be happy to, or Stephen will be happy to answer them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I may be able to chime in here and there, but uh, definitely he's going to have the bulk of that. But yeah, next week, uh, I'm excited for this because I learn a lot when we do this. I enjoy these Q&A episodes. So that's what we're going to be doing next week is a Q&A for season two. I've I've got a few questions that I've put out there. Maybe we can I can come up with some more between now and then. But uh I think it's going to be a good time and I'm looking forward to your insights on those questions. So uh you've got your work cut out for you. <laughs> I'm I'm ready right. for it. I think it's going to be a fun time. You you're going to do do wonderfully. I can't wait to to hear what you have to say and uh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So listeners hope that you are too and Again, hope you'll come back and be with us next week as we go yeah. through that season two Q&A. Uh, with that, I don't think I have anything else. Do you? No, I think we're good. All uh, right. Thank you, everybody, for coming along on this ride with us through season two. Uh, it's been a blast. I hope you all have enjoyed this book as much as we have. Uh, I will definitely second that. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking about it. And uh, looking forward to season three. Definitely. All right. With that, we'll say uh, so long, everybody. We'll see you here next time. See you, folks. Bye.